Welcome to Casting About, an audio podcast produced by the Lincoln City Libraries in Lincoln, Nebraska. Casting About features book reviews, news, and commentaries from staff members throughout our library system. I'm Scott from the Bennett Martin Public Library downtown, and I'll be your host for this episode. Joining me today are Lisa from the Isley branch and Becky from the Walt branch. And we actually have a bit of a distinction here um, that we are the last three veteran radio broadcasters from many, many years worth of doing book reviews on KFOR with Kathy Blythe on the program Problems and Solutions. Now that ended last November and I think all three of us can pretty much agree that we miss doing that. Yes, we do. Very much so. And we had been doing Casting About as a library podcast series. Uh, When we initially launched this uh, way back in like 2009, the idea was to sort of mimic what we were already doing with Kathy on the radio on KFOR and do book reviews and chit-chat about upcoming library programs and things like that. Uh, So we, in missing that, decided um, it's been several years since we had new episodes of Casting About and with no longer having a radio um, broadcast that we could do those kinds of things on, we decided let's revive casting about. So this is the first revived episode of that, and we are recording this uh, about a week and a half before Halloween 2019, so we thought we'd start um, off with some things that are seasonally appropriate. Lisa, I understand you had a couple that go together? I do. I have two books that I really love that are their fiction and they are spooky. Uh, the first one is, and the older one, is Sarah Waters' The Little Stranger. And the other one is one I just finished, a brand new one by Jennifer McMahon called The Invited. And both of these books are, are atmospheric and creepy and there is a lot of activity going on that may or may not really be supernatural. And uh, in in, uh, The Little Stranger, it takes place in post-war England, in rural England after World War II, in Warwickshire. And um, it centers around Dr. Faraday, a young uh, country doctor who's called to the local manor house where his mother at one time was a maid. And he's the, so he's the son of a maid of this, that worked for this family. And he's now a doctor. He's called to treat a member of the remaining three family members that are still living in this crumbling old Manor House, kind of a, a the the last legs of the Downton Abbey era, oh, sure. you know, and there are no servants to speak of um, living in the hall. There's people that work for them, and you know, just as, on a daily basis. But it is a shadow of its former self. And what he goes to treat is he thinks of an earthly ailment. But as he gets drawn into this family's sort of psychodrama and and becomes a frequent visitor there, he begins to think that there's something otherworldly going on there too and she's Sarah Waters is really good at portraying that at at never really letting you know for sure one way or another is there a ghost in this house but planting the questions planting those questions throughout and the invited it's is a lot more blatant in suggesting that there's a supernatural element and I think when it came down to it for me I, I definitely believe that that was the case although um, this one takes place in the United States, in upstate Vermont, r- r- another rural area. I guess I like spooky rural <laughs> stories. I think that's something I realized about myself. And it's a young couple who've inherited some money, and they decide to live their dream of originally buying and fixing up an old farmhouse, but then it evolves into building a house. And as this house goes up, Helen, the, the wife of the couple, um, decides that she is going to incorporate 
elements uh, in the house with a historic connection to the area. But as the story unfolds, it turns out that all of these elements that she chooses, architectural elements, have a connection to one family. And all of the women in this family die in horrible mm. ways. <laughs> and they and are often, several of them have been accused of witchcraft. They may or may not have the gift of prophecy. Um, so she gets involved in this local history and this family. And uh, it, it's exciting. It's a really exciting book. I really loved it. But... Yes. I would have, I, and I would recommend these. I, I, I would tell people to read them, definitely. But... I've, I've always felt that in both of these books, there's a, a little, I feel that there's a little bit of a flaw in The Little Stranger, and then again, I, I kind of found it in The Invited. There's a something about novelists today. These novelists today. <laughs> I sound like an old crotchety lady. But they seem to have a difficult time finishing things, mm-hmm. you know, to the, to the sense that tying up, not all loose ends need to be tied up. I, you know, they, they went but, to the TV show and movie school of yeah. writing. Exactly. Where it's like, oh, we got ten minutes left. We got to finish. But you also <laughs> you need a sense of some sort of sense of completion, mm-hmm. and you're not getting enough of it. So yeah, and I, I really, I still like them. I'm so glad I read them. I would definitely read them again and recommend them. But they both suffer from that sense of. And 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 the little stranger was made it into a film. Oh, not okay. too, of course, not too long after it was it was uh, published, but which I found utterly again unsatisfying. Mm. <laughs> but I just wish that that they would because I have all these questions, and I think that they would be great for. And I know that a lot of book groups have discussed the little stranger, and we've had some people lately interested in the invited. But definitely not those tidy little summations. Are, but are both of them fairly established authors, or are they relevant? Definitely, okay. yeah. Sarah, Sarah Waters has written quite a few books. Jennifer McMahon has written a lot. Okay. And, and she's, mm. I love, one of her other books is called Burntown. And again, similar, um, is there or isn't there a real supernatural presence in, in the book? You, you, she leaves that, and I like that she leaves that part open-ended, but this one to me was just a little bit less... Um, there was a little bit less of a yeah satisfying okay. summation of the plot. Still a good one. Okay. Repeat again one more time for our listeners, the titles and authors. Okay. Uh, Sarah Waters, The Little Stranger, and Jennifer McMahon, The Invited. Thank you. Becky, did you have one you'd like to contribute? Oh, I have a mystery, and it's part of, um, speaking of Halloween, it's part of the Cat in the Stacks mystery series. Very appropriate. By Miranda <laughs> James who is a pseudonym for Dean James, which I just kind of discovered as we were getting ready for the book talk here. Anyway, um, it, like I said, it's part of the series. This particular one is 12 Angry Librarians. <laughs> so being a librarian, it just seemed quite appropriate to try to see what this was about. And uh, the character, the main character is Charlie Harris, who has a Maine Coon cat named Diesel because of his purring Loud purring. D- Diesel has <laughs> a, Diesel has a lot of fans. I know that. So, so it delves into um, his professional life and goings on, but also his home life. He's a widower with two grown children who are each married and are each about to have babies. So that's a big concern that he's you know factoring, trying to factor in things. But in this particular volume, he's. Um, an interim director of a college library who is hosting 
a uh, regional library conference. So he's kind of juggling a couple of different things and trying to make some decisions about whether he wants to keep doing this stuff. Um, his daughter, her husband has had a job offer uh, several, I think several states away. So he's kind of concerned that they're going to move away when they're right about to have his first grandchild. He finds out that an old, basically, library school occupational nemesis of his is going to be at this conference. And it's one of these classic setups where everybody loves to hate this guy because mm -hmm. he's obnoxious and doesn't play by the rules, you know, is a cheater, is a manipulator, everything like that. And one of the things that happened with Charlie and this particular person, Gavin Fong, is that Gavin made moves on Charlie's wife, Ooh. which was not appreciated. So <laughs> Gavin ends up dying right when he's about to make his keynote speech to the group. And this is where Charlie has already been involved in murders in the community he lives in. And the deputy sheriff is kind of like, oh, you again. Here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of that classic setup of, you know, small town, amateur crime solving type stuff. But it does, I mean, for anybody who's library oriented, it does give you kind of a good idea of how conferences work, what kinds of day-to-day -day things administrators deal with, or just anybody that works in the library system. He also is seeing um, a gal who runs a bistro in the town. So they're kind of just figuring out their relationship in this volume as well. So it's kind of like he's at a point where he's trying to make some critical decisions and solve this murder along the way. How um, I see the title is 12 Angry Librarians. Is there any twist, I, twist on 12 Angry I, Men, the, the jury thing? Well, not per se, no. And so I was trying, as I got near the end, I'm like, so were, did they delineate 12 specific people who had a beef against him who might have killed him? And I will say that the ending is a bit of a twist. You don't quite see it coming until further in. So it's it, it was enjoyable. It's kind of a light read. But, you know, if you like those sorts of mysteries, I think it's right up your alley. Do you feel they got... So you feel they got the library side of it correct? I, that mostly, he, he really yes. got it yeah, correct. Yeah, right. That's how seldom happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how integral is Diesel to the plot of this one? So. Not super, no. He's just kind of there as decoration. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> but... Um, and you said you've got this uh, first one. Yeah, the, the, the back when they were first trying to establish the series, they were doing a lot of promotion of, of this particular series uh, through things like Goodreads and library thing and, and giving away free copies. Uh, and so I ended up getting the first one as an autographed copy for free. So I still have yet to read it, but um, I know that it has sold very well as a series and that Diesel is a popular uh, character amongst the fans of sleuths that have pets basically mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. is it signed Miranda James or is it signed by the authors it's signed it is signed name? Miranda James oh. yes um I, I I believe even in the first one there's a disclaimer in it that indicates who the actual author so is. I wonder did he think because librarians are largely women did was this a bigger seller if he had a woman's uh -huh. name I think that or, happens a lot in today's or, modern publishing era is that is like you you cater, you cater to you you think your audience <laughs> is going to be necessarily so 
So, all right, thank you. Could you repeat the title it and author one last time? Twelve Angry Librarians from the Cat in the Stack series by Miranda James. Thank you very much. I will finish off this episode with my seasonal contribution. Uh, I am something of a fan of a local Nebraska author, Rainbow Rowell, who was a reporter for the Omaha World Herald and has put out several uh, very popular young adult and adult fiction titles. But she is also really breaking into the comic book field. Um, She has always been a comic book fan and has um, recently taken over the writing of a a series called The Runaways for Marvel Comics, um, part of their uh, larger Marvel universe. Um, And And uh, she's done several issues of that. And she's also partnered up in a couple of instances with some graphic novelists. And the volume that I would like to review today is Pumpkinheads which just literally came out at the end of September, beginning of October here in 2019. She is the author and the artist is Faith Erin Hicks. And it really ties in to the fact that Rainbow Rowell is a Midwesterner, an an, an Omaha native specifically, in that the entire plot of this relatively short graphic novel is set at a themed adventure park, and the theme is Pumpkin Patch. Uh, in fact, she inter- she introduced the artist, um, Faith Hicks, um, to pumpkin patches and this, this kind of environment by inviting her to come visit her in uh, Omaha. She, I believe, is either Canadian or somewhere on the East Coast, perhaps. And, and Faith Hicks had never been to a pumpkin patch. So, wow. uh, so Rainbow brought her to Omaha and said, this is the king kingdom of, of pumpkin patches. And she took her to her favorite pumpkin patch, and they toured. And we're talking things like the ones that are outside of Lincoln, but apparently a little bit more elaborate and a little bit more extensive because not only can you just go wander amongst the pumpkins, but there's various booths with activities and things like that. And in this graphic novel, uh, the pumpkin patch that they um, are going to, Danak's world-famous pumpkin patch and autumn jamboree, has turned into something like a miniature worlds of fun kind of thing with uh, rides and activities and food booths and things. This is, however, not just about pumpkin patches. It is focusing on the two main characters who are Josiah, um, a teen male, and Deja, a teen female. Uh, They're both in high school. They're both seniors in high school, and for years they have worked the pumpkin patch. It's a seasonal job. It only comes up in August, September, October. That's the only time of the year they ever see each other because they go to different schools in different parts of town, but they look forward to it because they're very fond of each other. However, in all the years that they've had a relationship um, working together at this pumpkin patch, Josie, Josiah, has been constantly obsessed with the girl that works at the fudge booth. Um, So he basically calls her the fudge girl. So for their final year, Deja has decided that her last goal before they have their final year's worth of activities is that she's going to make sure that Josie finally talks to the fudge girl because he's shy, he's not outgoing, and he's been avoiding her for all these years. And so this graphic novel is set on the final day of the pumpkin patch season. They're going to close, and so Deja has to activate her plans to get Josie to finally talk to the fudge girl. And so the entire graphic novel has them racing back and forth across the pumpkin patch, uh, playing hooky from the jobs that they're supposed to be doing, eating all the pumpkin patch food, apple cider and and corn dogs and and caramel apples on a stick and things like that, and seeing all the friends that they've worked with. And as we follow the two of them, we're getting in-depth conversations between the two of them that we as the reader can tell 
these two really are belong together and that the fudge girl shouldn't be involved in it at all. And so by the time... Just the, say no to fudge. Just say no to fudge. Uh, so ultimately, Josie does get to talk to his fudge girl, but there is a happy ending for all the characters. Uh, and it's high school students, so basically it's one of those walk off into the sunset holding hands, and you really miss these characters as soon as the story is done. They're very, very charming. The art is excellent by Faith Hicks. Uh, I can't highly enough recommend this particular title. Um, I knew about a year ago that they were planning to put it out, and so I'm very happy that it came out in time for this year's October season because it's one of the most enjoyable things I've read in, in this past year. So wow, I do, I that's do, high praise. Yes, it is. You read a lot. And, <laughs> and I, I almost bought bought it myself the other day. I think I probably will in case I ever run into Rainbow and can get it signed because it was really a sweet, charming, funny uh, story and it's basically all about relationships. It just happens to be set in a pumpkin patch. So that is Pumpkin Heads by author Rainbow Rowell and artist Faith Aaron Hicks. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us for our first revived episode of Casting About. Uh, we'll be putting out a series of hopefully somewhat regular um, episodes of this particular show. And in addition to the three of us as the remnants of the KFOR Problems and Solutions book chat episodes, we'll probably be bringing in guest speakers from time to time as well. But in the meantime, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Casting About. Please remember, you can subscribe to receive Casting About in your RSS feed, and you can leave comments about this or any other library podcast by visiting lincolnlibraries.org slash category slash podcasts. The next time you're casting about for a good book or DVD, visit your local library in person or online. Mm-hmm.